0: Live from Buffalo Wild Wings. On their 25, back to pass, walking downfield, late pressure, lobs it it towards the middle,
1: and it's intercepted.
0: Devontae Adams, the intended receiver at the 50. Taylor Rapp picks it off with two seconds to go. The entire Rams team is celebrating to the end zone to our left,
2: and in a season-length Full of disappointments. You got to be kidding me, Derek. If anything, you put the ball in the air. You give your receiver a chance. You don't throw it short. The
3: This is unnecessary roughness. Here's your boy
2: Q. Our
4: hour number two of the show, Buffalo Wild Wings. Miracle Mile Shops is where we are every single Friday. We're at a different Buffalo Wild Wings. Today we're down on the Strip, so come hang out with us. We're going to be here. We've got plenty of prizes, Raider Nation Radio 920 t-shirts. We've got all kind of t-shirts here on the table. We've got some cups. we got some koozies. Whatever you want, we're going to give to you. Just like that, it's going to be part of your therapy Friday as we're all trying to digest what we saw on Thursday night, Thursday Night Football, Raiders and the Rams. Join us right now on the phone lines to talk about what she saw is Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com, and you can find her on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. And, Cassie, I've been asking a pretty simple question, but it's a very complicated answer. What in the world happened last night?
5: Did it really happen? I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I don't, I don't believe it. I can't None believe None of us that. do. That's... It actually happened.
4: Right. None of us believe that that really happened. I mean, I literally w- went to bed and woke up and was like, "Am I? Did that really? Did I really witness that? Did that really happen?" Like, I'm in a state of shock, and I've seen some bad losses. Let me tell you, I've seen some bad losses in my life, but that was one of the worst.
5: I'm watching. I'm literally. I'm watching the highlights back right now. You know, like I'm looking at it and I see it's happening. But man, what what a just a horrible, horrible loss, cue and just a complete collapse there and those final minutes and, you know, the minutes leading up to it, too. Like, w- what happened? You know, we've, we have talked about all season, and I think maybe, you know, maybe what's got to be the most disappointing part, you know, especially for the fans is we've seen this team completely change things around, right? Like, I think everybody was riding a little bit of a high these last three wins, and this team has proven that they can come away you know, with, with a with a certain kind of swag in the wins that they're getting, right? And to see this happen and it's just it's it's embarrassing, you know. As Max Crosby said it's beyond disappointing in his post post game um, locker room, you know, interview and yeah. it's so crazy. I was so my dad was at work, so he couldn't put the game on Or I don't think he knew how to put the prime on, you know, Amazon Prime, whatever. Right, so right. I'm FaceTiming him, and I'm like, oh, dad, like, they got the ball back, you know, two minutes left. Like, it's, it's Baker Mayfield. Like, dude just joined the team two minutes ago. Like, you're good. And my dad's like, I don't know, Cass. Like, I don't know, man. I'm like, ah, dad, like, it's fine. It'll be fine. And then that happens. And he's like, yep. You know, he's like, hang, hang up the phone. I don't want to see it. I don't need it. <laughs> I'm done. Bye. Like, he's you didn't need to there. call me I guess. Yeah. And so it's just, I don't know. There's there's no good answer, I guess, really.
4: Well, and I think that that tells you all you really need to know about the game. Because, I mean, I did multiple hits on the, on different radio stations. I know you have as well. You are on ESPN Las mm-hmm. Vegas this morning on the press box. And every time someone asked me for a, a, almost a definitive answer, I don't have it. And then right. Amber Theo Harris, we just had her on, and she didn't have it. And now we're talking to you, and you don't have it. When everyone, no one has a real answer of what the hell happened, I think that tells you the whole story that you need to know.
5: Yeah, for sure. And, again, it just goes back to, like, this first quarter. I was like, dang, okay, like, you know, like the first quarter they put it together, everything was, you know, smooth sailing. You know, it looked decent. Mm-hmm. But then you get into the second quarter and you you get that fumble recovery um, from Chandler Jones and you're like, all right, like, here comes some big points. Boom, interception in the end zone. Like just a bunch of little pieces adding up. And, you know, people came at me, I retweeted, you know, that um, Derek Carr interception in the end zone. And people were like, and I tweeted, um, I forgot what I said, but you know, this isn't the, I know a game isn't lost on one play, but like this hurt, you know, yeah. and that was points that they gave up, you know, it, it, again, we're not the ones out there, you know, we can only, we can be, um, you know, judgmental from our side and our standpoint. But again, like that play should not have happened. Like, what was Derek Carr thinking, flopping that pass into the end zone? You go back and look at it. You see Matt Collins has three defenders around him, and that's the guy you chose to throw it to? And right. I know Derek Carr came in in the press conference afterwards. He's like, I saw Mac open. And it's just like, all right, in the moment, you know, things happen. But, man, like that one has to be one that they went back and watched today and were like, yeah, that, that was bad. That was just bad. at period, end of sentence.
4: Yeah, and, and not to mention Devontae Adams was wide open at, on that play earlier too. Before and before we, he and we
5: saw him, we saw him make a couple good catches before that, did right. we
4: not? No, we did. And <laughs> you know, one of the one of the big questions, and, and and Amber was talking about it as well. Why does it one take so long normally to get Devontae Adams going, and then when you do get him going early, like they did on Thursday, they don't keep going to him? I mean, he only had three catches on the game, and two of them we saw in what the second quarter or the first quarter is just not enough. Yeah.
5: No, absolutely. Absolutely not. And again, that that's a weapon. You clearly see he can make catches when he can't even see the ball because he's got the, you know, um, Ramsey's hand in his face. Right. You know, so just like give him the opportunity. He's going to go up and he's going to make these incredible catches. And yeah, like you're saying to to not get him involved and to just get shy with it. Like, again, just so many question marks there.
4: Yeah, no, there is, and and it's been really the theme of, of the show. It's been the theme of my podcast, so many whys, right? The the fan base has so many whys. I have so many whys. You got so many whys. I just it, – it's it's like the big question of the day is why and really how all that shook out. Again, Cassie Soto is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. She's from VegasNation.com. So, Cassie, we saw some momentum built up with – the three-game winning streak that they had. And obviously that gets snapped, and the way that it got snapped, how much of a setback is this for this team?
5: Huge, huge. And whether the players admit it or, you know, if they give us the one game at a a time, one game a week kind of thing, like this was an incredible setback. Again, I relate back to that Max Crosby soundbite. We have it up, the full interview, I think it was like four or five minutes, the interview up at um, VegasNation.com and then Review Journal YouTube page he said, like, this is, it's just, again, beyond disappointing, and I don't want to quote him, but I believe, you know, he was asked, like, again, how big of a setback was this, and he said, like, we can't, like, we can't screw up now, you know, like, this is it, like, it's all or nothing at this point, like, there's no, I think he said no room for error at this point, I'll have to go back and watch it, but you can watch it again on our YouTube page at Review Journal, um, he basically said there's no room for error, and again, when, You know, all teams, of course, want to be in control of their destiny. And if this, you know, is how the Raiders control their destiny at this point in the season, it is a huge, huge, huge step back.
2: Your teammate Adam Hill, he asked about Coach McDaniels earlier today about the mindset of the team going forward because they have 10 days before that next game against the Patriots. What do you not to look too far ahead, but what do you think the mindset's going to be like for this team? Because they they say they can make no more mistakes; it's do or die. But essentially, that playoff margin is very slim right death. now. That was death.
4: That felt yeah. like death. I didn't want to say it, but yes, it was <laughs> yeah, the nail in the coffin. Let's keep it real.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it was so, it's so crazy because if you think last week when the Raiders won at home, Josh Jacobs was like, man, like you know, obviously preparing a quick turnaround for a Thursday game, but I can't wait for those three days of rest afterwards, you know? So again, I know one of the storylines was like, well, did the the Raiders kind of look past the Rams, you know, like, were they just, was this a team they knew they were banged up? Did they know, you know, that maybe they were going to, not an easy win. But again, like in that moment, Josh Jacobs was already looking at taking those next couple of days off. Right. So I just, Oh man, I I don't know what the, you know the mentality is at this point. I mean, again, it is a huge gut punch, yeah. right? And I think maybe at this point it's kind of one of those things where they want to play again already now, so they can wipe this away because letting this linger now—would you say ten days? 10 the days. month? <laughs> like letting this feeling—it's ling- going to linger. It's not going to not sting, right? You're going to be the talk today, tomorrow until there's games played on Sunday. Right. That's the first thing I said. I was like, man, people are going to be talking about this for the next two days because, you know, you got to wait for the next game to kick off. So, yeah, it's it's definitely it's going to sting for the next 10 days for sure.
4: You know, real quick, Demon, before you jump in, uh, going to your point about everyone's talking about that, it's a primetime game, right? So everyone saw it. Mm-hmm. It was the only game. I was thinking after it was all wrapped up, I was like, man, if this had just been like a Sunday afternoon game, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some game <laughs> while there was <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If there had been some other games being played, it wouldn't have been the top game on Center. It wouldn't, I mean, I can't even watch Center. Hell, I work for ESPN. I can't even watch them because there's so much going on and all they're talking about is the way that it all shook out. And I mean, it's one of those where I, I'm, I might go home this weekend and watch the damn Hallmark channel instead of watching sports, man, just because it's so bad.
5: Luckily, there were some good matches in the World Cup today, so maybe they'll get pushed to, like, the there top of go. the hour, you know, like, or the back of the hour. Like, it'll just be a little blurb, but it's going to be there at least for the next two days, exactly.
4: I'm, I'm watching Hallmark. I'm
5: done. <laughs> okay, watch Hallmark for Cowboy Christmas or whatever I just thought, like, hey, you're a, you're a Dexter fan, aren't you, Q?
4: I don't I don't watch anything. I watch nothing but sports. I don't watch I don't know TV shows.
5: I, I do a Dexter fan.
4: No, I don't watch any of that. I don't watch I can't stand oh, the you're the Christmas S-B-U, movies.
5: SVU. No, yeah, you're like Law and S-B-U. Order SVU. You
4: yeah, got our yeah, murder yeah. mysteries uh, mixed up. that's
5: what I'll, it was.
4: I'll get down with some uh some iced tea and uh and uh, yeah, <laughs> all them. I'm I'm good with Finn and I'm good with uh with all them, man, they're, they're, those uh, are my cats.
5: Okay. That's what I, it was so, I, I only asked because a main character that wasn't Dexter is popping up on like a Hallmark Channel movie. It's like a new movie being released. I was like, hey, that's Lundy. That's where he ended up. So I was just saying, just want a new character you can watch a new movie in.
2: Gotcha. Cassie, yeah, something else that like, you mentioned, like the media, where they're gonna, the Raiders are gonna be being talked about up until the next football Sunday. How big of a factor when you said, "Oh, did they overlook the Rams? Did no one take Baker Mayfield seriously?" Factor into, hey, that's such the embarrassment of this loss.
5: Well, um, Sean McVay walked right into the press conference. His, his press conference following the game, and he was like, "All right, guys, just how we drew it up." <laughs> you know, like, I don't even think they had faith that that was going to happen. Again, Baker Mayfield sitting with the Thursday night crew was like, man, I know it's been hectic. And he goes, you know, we are covering some plays the last, um, the last two days, and I am really glad we went over the two-minute drill. Like, I'm really glad we've been over that. You know, and so, again, yeah, it's just – it's just ba- – it's so baffling. And I don't know if you guys saw or had brought it up, but um, Josh Dubow, I know he's hit or miss sometimes with <laughs> Raiders. Right. Series. But he put up a fair poll. Like, it, what's been the worst loss for the Raiders this season? And it was kind of funny. Fans were replying, like, "Hey, hold on, there's still some more games coming up. Like, we could be adding some to this poll." And I thought it was a fair question. You know, what are Raiders fans thinking? Has been the the most heartbreaking loss? Was it this loss? Was it the loss to the Colts? Was it getting blown out by the Saints? Or, or was it that twenty nothing lead that they gave up versus the Cardinals? Like. It is just so crazy, the ups and downs of this season. And and it, and it coming into this game, the Thursday night crew was, oh, the Raiders, you know, are on this three-game winning streak. Yeah. like They're making a push. They're coming back, you know, hyping them up, and brr, like laid an egg there in the last and, final minutes.
4: <laughs> and, you know, and that's why I think that this loss was the worst loss. One, it was in prime mm-hmm. time, as I mentioned. But two, they were riding a three-game winning streak, so you thought that they were starting to figure it out. At least when they lost to the Cardinals, it was like, okay, well, it's not a good team. They lost to the Saints, it's like, okay, it's not a good team. They lost to the Colts, it's like, okay, this is a bad team. But now you're yeah. riding a three-game winning streak and you're feeling high and you think that you're, you know, you're the cock of the walk and all of a, and your bar and your dog barks and
5: then all of a sudden and my dog's barking, he's mad about it. See, he's, he's losing his mind too. <laughs> right.
4: Exactly. So that's why I would think that it's got. That's got to be the worst loss. That's got to be the yeah, worst loss. Yeah, it
5: has to be. It has to be. And oh man, it's just again, like it was kind of. It's just one of those things like that was unbel- like really unbelievable until you had to see it. If you, actually, we went to. I was with uh, my future brother-in-law, and uh, he he worked late night, so he I guess didn't catch the game or hadn't seen any highlights. We were watching the World Cup game with him, and he saw you know Baker Mayfield's name pop up, and he's like, "The Rams got Baker Mayfield?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh, brother, <laughs> let me tell you a quick story." And he could not believe it. He's like, "You're lying, Cass." I'm like, "No, dude. Not only did they get him, he beat the Raiders in right. two days of being there, and he could not believe it." And he's yeah. Like, man, I gotta go watch these highlights. I don't believe you still. So, no.
4: <laughs> tell him, don't tell him, save himself the the. Don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't watch the highlights. Matter of fact, <laughs> tell SportsCenter stop playing the highlights. There's no reason stop. to to show them anymore. Well, Cassie, thanks so much uh, for your time. What do you got coming out on VegasNation.com? Got a little bit of a break since there's not another game for about ten days.
5: Yeah, we have a little bit of a break, but we did get all of those, um, the, again, the post-locker room press conferences. The one with Max Crosby, um, if fans haven't watched it yet, you can just, you know, feel his pain. And again, a lot of the comments on that are like, man, I want so much more for Max. Like these are, you know, what fans like feel for these these individual players that have so much talent, but they can't win the game by themselves. So that uh, video is up right now. You can catch it at VegasNation.com or, again, the Review Journal YouTube page. Um, Just type in Review Journal on YouTube, and you should be able to find our channel.
4: There it is. Well, Cassie, we did see the end of uh, that fantastic uh, World Cup match. What was it? It was uh, Argentina and uh, who else?
5: Argentina and Croatia.
4: No, it was Um, Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Argentina
5: Netherlands, yeah, and Croatia-Brazil this morning, yeah. Yeah. I put the winners winners out there, yep. I
4: am in Brazil.
5: Man, I wanted Brazil, so... It's well, is a lose lose.
4: Well, who do you go? Card. Who do you go for now?
5: Uh, I can't be Argentina. Sorry, Vic Tafer. <laughs> no, well, I'm a I'm an Mbappe fan, so I'm going France. France all the way. They play tomorrow.
4: All right, there it is. That's my new team. I'm going to adopt because Cassie told me France. that's the way to go. France is a, yes, it. It is. So France. All France right. Is right. Is. All right. We're rocking with France. Cassie, thanks so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend.
5: Thanks, guys.
4: There she goes. Cassie Soto, VegasNation.com. Check out all their fine work that they have going over there. Of course, Heidi Fang does a fantastic job. Adam Hill with the RJ. Vinny Bonsignor, our tag team partner as well. And many others. Ed Graney. I mean, they have a hell of a roster over there. Sam Gordon, I got to get on their payroll. They got them a hell of a roster over there. tomorrow, we're in the wrong business. <laughs> Yo, know, just about everybody gets flown out to the games. Man, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. We are in the wrong business. But I'll tell you what, I'm not in the wrong business right now. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings, Miracle Mile Shops. Come on by. Uh, We've got some samples about to roll out here. I'm checking out uh, Hop Valley. Is that the sample that we're going to get today? A lot of times we get Topo Chico, too? Oh, okay, we got a two-for-one. There you go. We're going to get Topo Chico, going to get the Hop Valley. We got our T-shirts. We got our cups, our koozies. We got all kind of hookups for you. It's happy hour somewhere. Got to get happy after what you saw last night for Thursday Night Football because that was a lot of sad. So you want to get happy, come on by here. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot with Red Nation Radio 920.
3: Now back
5: to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q.
4: Buffalo Wild Wings is the location, the Miracle Mile Shops, the Strip, Harmon, Right on the corner. You can't miss us. Come on here and hang out. Got some samples about to uh, be rolling around the building. Little Hop Valley. Little Topo Chico. Got some T-shirts we're handing out. Handing them out like Skittles, man. Just here. You want a T-shirt? Boom, it's yours. Want a cup? Boom, it's yours. Koozie? It's yours. Tickets, you're in the holiday festive spirit. We got you. UNLV tickets, we got you. Whatever you need. You don't have to sign up for it. All you got to do is come on by, say what's up, and we're going to get you taken care of. Coming up around 3.30. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with the media earlier today, and it was a smaller media room just because a lot of folks are still traveling back from L.A. Glad I didn't have to make that trip. (laughs) I'm telling you. and When you you have that drive back from L.A., it's just something about that drive, man. You get about halfway back, and all of a sudden, you got passengers in your car that you didn't know were with you. You look around your car, and all of a sudden, you got three or four cats in the car with you. Like, where'd you come from, homeboy? (laughs) Doesn't make any kind of sense, but. It happened to me on my last trip, so I was glad that I was at the M Resort. And I do want to shout out to everyone who came by the M Resort, because uh, a lot of folks came by, hung out, watched the games right there in the chorus chill zone. And Amber Theo Harris, I got to shout her out. She stopped by and was actually live there. Mama Q came by. Can you believe it? Mama Q showed up. She was making sure I was on my A game. She's like, you know what, I got to say? make sure this boy stays out of trouble. So she came by to check, check, check me out and – Make sure I stayed out of trouble. She was smart, though, Damon. She got there right when the show ended, like immediately when the show ended. like As soon as we said bye, I turned around, and Mama Q was right there. And she was like, I ain't getting here before you get off the air because you might try to put me on the radio. I know how you are. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, I'm not having that. But, no, we had a good time. The, the wife came by. Uh, little Sarah came by. Demi and Jason came by. Jason got made. You missed the highlight, one of the big highlights. I realize we're having just like a private conversation on the now. Nah, let's cool. do it.
2: All right, <laughs> That's Jason Berkeley would say this is good radio.
4: <laughs> Jason got a a jersey. Vice Raider brought him a jersey that said Twilight on the back of it. How funny is that? It was a '93 Raider jersey that said Twilight on the back. He should have never told us about that damn name because now he got a Raider jersey that said <laughs> Twilight, which is probably something he did not want.
2: <laughs> not at all, but hey, I mean, it's a jersey. A jersey, you can rep it. I mean, maybe just. How you gonna rep a jersey and say Twilight on the back? How you look? When a stranger asks you, you just come up with a different meaning.
4: How do you come up with a different meaning when it says Twilight? Hey, what that, is your meaning? I don't know. That, that's the to decide. What would your meaning be if you're rocking a jersey and it said twilight on the back? I'll wait.
2: I, I, you know what I need more time on this one. I know you do.
4: <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. You rocking a jersey and say twilight on the back. There's gonna be about 12 different conversations. Right, there's going to be about twelve or thirteen different assumptions of what you mean by that. So he's got to figure that out. But it was pretty cool to surprise him like that. So uh, shout out to my man Jason. Demi came by, uh, of course. Vegas Jess was in the building, so we had a good time until we didn't have a good time. And I know, you didn't have a good time with that outcome. And where you sound off and let us know about it. Eight seven zero three six five nine two hundred. The don't be broke dot com text line is six nine one eight seven keyboard Let's go out to the phone line and talk to our guy Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Q and Damon, thank you for taking my call. And to answer your question that you just gave Damon, somebody asked you why your twi- jersey says twilight. Say, so ask me again, and it's going to be the twilight of your life. <laughs> <Like that>. Boom.
4: <laughs> what does that even mean?
6: <laughs> I think he's going to knock him out. You're going to take too long to decipher that. By then, you're walking away just looking at the jersey saying twilight, wondering well, what just the twilight- happened. <laughs> the
4: twilight of your life could be, I mean, the twilight of your life could be something good, right? It could be that's the twilight or the
6: highlight of your I life. Like I usually you know? that light's about to be O.V., so, you know, what comes with the darkness, my friend, the end. I'm just saying. Oh,
4: my bad. Well, hey, you yeah. know, I never said I hey, was an English know? major. <laughs> right? No, man, I never claimed neither. to be the I, smartest cat in the world.
6: <laughs> me neither. You just, when, whenever you get in trouble in the district that I went to, they would make you copy words out of the dictionary. I got a big vocabulary. Thanks for that. There you go, you know that a boy. Saying? That a boy. Yes, sir. All right. So what's Thank on your mind? You. Tell me. Tell me about the right. game. Yes, sir. Raiders vs. Raider, man. What are we gonna say? No, I don't understand how we allow ourselves to overlook anybody or underestimate anybody with the history that we've had. I you know how many people called in and were like, Oh, I hope they play Baker. I wish they played Baker. We're gonna eat him alive, he's not gonna wanna do he's not gonna know what to do. He's a professional quarterback. He got drafted first overall because he's had he has the intangibles to play the game. That's the truth, whether you admit it or not, you don't have to like the guy. I don't like the guy to respect the fact that he's competent in the game. So he saw things took advantage of them. They gave them the simplified playbook, knowing, hey, all we need to do is hang around. And they did. And we allowed them to. That's what Matt said. We gave them to, you know, we let them keep coming back. We gave them too many opportunities. It's true. Raiders ultimately are going to raid it. Ultimately, they chose to play not to lose, AKA conservatively, reminding us of the Gruden era with that nonsense. And they came back and bit them in the ass. It is what it is, you know. Let's take the good because that's all we can do at this point. And the fact that those three games showed some improvement, this is just some arrogance, I think, that popped up. Everybody thought that we had gotten there, and for now we're still who they thought we were. And that's not a good thing. I hope they can continue to patch this up. The Las Vegas Raiders have not had a losing season, and it will look real damn bad on the Daniels record. First one to bring one. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day.
4: Hey, right, good stuff, man. Good stuff. And look, I'll say this: I was, I was one that wanted him to play Baker, right? And look, a guy that has two days with the organization shouldn't go in there and beat you. There's just no excuse. And I get it; he's a professional. He was a number one overall pick. He has skill. I'm, I, I don't want to take that away from him. I don't want to sound like that, but you could tell, even you know, even looking at the game on that 98 yard drive, you could tell that they—I mean—they weren't ready for that. That's not something that you can pr- practice routinely. I mean, hell, he was still introducing himself to some of the guys in the huddle. Right? I mean, it's just, yes, he could play quarterback, but there's something to it in pressure situations. How are you going to act? How are you going to, you know, overcome adversity? And for him to be able to go in there, and they were comfortable enough having him throw the rock 35 times, and Derek Carr threw the ball 20 times. If I'm D.C., I'm like, wait a minute. How in the hell is this cat throwing the ball 35 times? And I know he wouldn't say it like that, but that's what I would, you know, that's what I would say. Wait a minute. How come this dude has been with the team two days, and he threw the ball 35 times? I only threw it 20. And hardly any. I mean, they had 67 total yards in the second half of offense. You can't win games like that. That's, that's, a, that's a drive. That's a short drive. <laughs> right? That's not even a long drive. That's a short drive. 67 yards. Can't do it. Ron in Oregon, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother?
0: Hugh, that's the first time I've called you since you guys have been on the air. Um I live up in Oregon, and I'm a, a longtime Raider fan. I'm 75 years old, and I became a Raider nice. fan in, in 65. And uh, only games I ever missed was uh, two years in Vietnam, so I wasn't able to see much football. But, and I had season tickets when they are in Oakland. But the bottom line is here, honestly, the coach choked, car choked at times in the game. There was no intensity that, that, and like the week before. They weren't even close to that intense. I just It's just uh, a sad thing because it seems like they, uh, the coach underestimated the Rams coach and the team because uh, uh, there were so many injuries. And sure, there was a lot of penalties in this game that shouldn't have been called, but the bottom line is they were all called at the end of the game and we should not have been in that position in the first place. So, to me, the team choked, and that's the bottom line.
4: There you go. Good stuff, good stuff. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And, you know, I don't even think it was just the – I don't I don't want to say that the coach underestimated the, the Rams. I feel like the whole team underestimated the Rams. I mean, really. They went down on their first drive and they scored, and I think that they all thought, like, hey, this is going to be an easy day. You know, kind of similar to what we all thought sitting around watching. But we can do that because we have no outcome on the game. Right? We have nothing to do with the game. I can sit here and say anything I want. It doesn't matter. I have no, I have no any way, shape, or form coalition to the game. I can't do anything about it. It felt like they thought that it was going to be an easy day at the office, and it turned into being a bad day in the office. But thank you so much for your call, my man. Thank you for your service as well. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, let's get one more call in. How about Raider, uh, Raider KG? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
7: Thanks for taking my call. You know, a couple of things. Um, you know, all year the play calling has been kind of inconsistent. And, you know, that's not going to change, at least for this year. Uh, you know, there will be some bad games. But the play call in general, even in the games they've won, there's been some questionable play calling. You know, you look at last night, you know, my big why is you know, towards the end of the game there, they ran the ball three times, it went four to fourth. You know, why not do the play they were running in the first half? They were gouging them on the outside with that quick pitch, the running back. Mm-hmm. You know, the play that was working, uh, to run three straight right up the middle, the Rams are, are expecting it. And why not on third down, spread the field, go five wide? They weren't being creative, and, and that goes back to the, the, the play calling. Be creative. Yeah. The Rams secondary was weak. At times you see that one guy, I think it was a rookie or whatever, is on one side of the field. When Devontae went over there, he was, he was playing 10, 15 yards off. So it's, it, it could be part of Derek Carr, maybe not seeing it, but the inconsistency has been there all year, and it won't change, at least for this year. And, you know, I've liked Derek Carr his whole career, but, you know, it's been full of a lot of inconsistencies. But when you really look at it, who else is out there? Who, who could we trade for? There's really not nobody out there that you would say, you know what, that would be a better fit than D.C., and that's the other difficult part. Do you go after an Aaron Rodgers who may have one or two years? I don't know. Does Derek have one or two, three years? We don't know. Do we go draft somebody? Are we going to get a guy in the, you know, first, second round? See, that's the, that's the, the, the quorum we're in. And maybe it's just this year to, to flush the system and maybe a really good off season with DC and and the, and the playbook and, and, and reevaluate. Probably will work, but it, it's it's not going to change. I've been a lifelong Raider fan, and the play calling and the inconsistency of, of some of these plays. Are not going to change this year, so we just hopefully they're going to you know have that will to win as, as they should and, and go out and win these next games and at least show going into the offseason they got something to look forward for next year. Thank you.
4: Hey, great call, great call. Definitely appreciate you I'll Leave you with this little nugget right here from Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He put this out last night following the game. Thought this was real interesting. The Raiders' offense fell apart in the second half with just 67 yards on 20 plays. Derek Carr was two for seven for 11 yards and one interception in the second half. Devontae Adams was held without a reception on three targets. His final target of the game was intercepted. Josh Jacobs was held to nine carries for 41 yards. He was hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on four of his nine carries. That came from ESPN Stats Information. Paul Gutierrez put that out on Twitter last night following the game. And, you know, the other thing about it, and we're not really talking about it because we're still trying to figure out why, and there's a lot of great responses that I've been getting on the text line, our don'tbebroke.com text line, and also uh, on Twitter as well. But one thing we keep forgetting and to mention is that Alex Bars going out, I think, was a big deal. I think Jermaine Illuminor going down was a big deal because what was just happening in the last three games, what was just happening? That offensive line was just starting to come together. Alex Barrs goes out. Then you have John Simpson in the game. And what happened immediately when John Simpson got in the game? Holding. Holding. Right? I mean, penalty after penalty after penalty started happening. And I don't mean to just pile on John Simpson because, again, there's a lot of fingers to point around. But they don't have the depth at the offensive line. Illuminor goes down. All of a sudden, now Thayer Mumford's in there. And Thayer Mumford, I think, is a pretty good player. And I think he's going to be good. But when you have to put John Simpson in, all of a sudden, there's a liability. There's a reason why a rookie has replaced him. Right? He was a starting left guard at first. Right? He's been replaced by a rookie for a reason. I always say, DeMond, and you know this, if the next man was as good as the first man, he would be the man. But he's not. For a reason. So I think that that was a big deal. But I want to get to this one why real quick from Ravi. He hit us on Twitter, and he said, why? Because Raiders coaches went to the regular season game with the preseason game plan. That's from Ravi on Twitter. Appreciate that, my man. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, Miracle Mile Shops. You can't miss us, man. We're on the strip in Harmon. Come on down. We'll be here till at least 5 o'clock. There's plenty of prizes. Uh, there's samples being handed out. Hop Valley, Topo Chico, you want it all. We got it for you. All you got to do is come on by and say what's up. You ain't got to do no cartwheels. Well, Mateo might make you do some cartwheels. No, I'm kidding. He won't make you. Oh, push-ups. He said push-ups. He said he wants to see 20 push-ups. DeMond, we'll get DeMond down here to do that. He can. He, he likes to do that. He likes to flex on, on everybody. So uh, you don't have to go, do any push-ups or cartwheels. Only DeMond has to do that. We're going to get you hooked up with whatever you want. Come on by and see us at Buffalo Wild Wings. When we come back, we'll hit a couple more calls, and we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
3: It's unnecessary roughness with your boy Q
7: on Raider Nation Radio.
4: We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Miracle Mile Shops come on by. We'll be here till at least 5 o'clock. Ted Wynn from The Athletic will join us at 4 o'clock. He put out a tweet. The Raiders ran the ball far more than they did all season in neutral situations. 71.4% against a Rams defense that ranked 5th in rushing defense and 26th against the pass. Run defense is literally the only thing the Rams have been good at this season. We'll ask Ted about that when he joins us. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we want to hear your uh, your calls and your texts. And get, well, get your calls, and we'll take your texts as well. Six nine one eight seven keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line, our phone line, 702-365-9200. I did get a text from my guy, Vegas Pete, and he said, I think you are all overlooking the fact that we were playing on a short week, fatigue, and injuries took over. If we only had Waller and Refro, plus Carr gets hit as he throws on that interception. Funny people who never played have questions on our quarterback. Again, that's from Vegas Pete. And with all due respect, which means I can say anything I want now Now that I said that. <laughs> no, but seriously, with all due respect, the Rams were playing on a short week too. It's not like they were the Raiders were the only team out there that were playing on a Thursday. It was a Thursday for both teams. They don't have anybody. They have nothing but injuries as well. Most of their key guys are out. Cooper Cup, not playing. Aaron Donald, not playing right? Half their offensive line, not playing. I mean, those were all a bunch of backups out there. So, I mean, when we want to talk about what was going on and the fatigue and the injuries, we have to say that. If you're going to say it for one side, you have to say it, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. You got to say it for both sides, right? And I understand Derek Carr got hit. I get it. But on that pass and in the red zone, and I know I never played quarterback, I never would have been able to play quarterback. I get that. I know that I'm not anywhere close to that guy, but I do know the rules, and I know that the rule is you cannot throw into the end zone. It's either your guy or nobody. Like, I know that that is the number one rule, your guy or no or nobody. And when he threw that ball up into the air like that, it wasn't just not his guy. It was three guys. There was three guys around Mac Hollins. At least if you're going to throw that and throw it towards Devontae and it's just him and maybe one other guy, I would be okay because you're giving Devontae Adams a chance. But Mac Hollins with three guys around him is not the guy – that's not the hill I want to die on. It's just not. Josh McDaniels talked about it. We'll we'll hear from him in just a few minutes, but I did want to get a couple quick calls in, including Mr. Black. Let's go out to the islands real quick. Mr. Black, what's on your mind?
1: Hey, aloha, Q. Aloha. Yeah, man, what a a gut punch. Uh, Three things, man. Uh, Just, I don't know, bad play calling, uh, no spark. And uh, um, they uh, the penalties. Uh, w- what I'm trying to get at is uh, the holding of, of, of Max. Oh yeah. I mean, he was held more than a newborn. Come on, this is just ridiculous. I can go back. you know I can go back 50 years, but you can go back 30, 40 years, and I remember players that came to the Raiders and they said, "Yeah, I always heard about this. Uh, Happened to beat the zebras. I never believed it." But now that I'm here, I see what they mean. The Raiders always have to beat the Zebras, too. So, you know, you have to really pour it on. We should have just, the first drive, we should have stuck with that that, that uh, plan. Keep doing what we did in that first drive, we got the touchdown. Just keep pouring it on, pouring it on. It should have been 35-3, to 3, but, you know, of course it wasn't, so... All right, brother, we got a long 10 days. Talk to you later.
4: Hey, great, great call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, Max was – I mean, that's one thing that I can admit every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Max was being held on just about every play, just about every play. And he is a premier edge rusher. He is a guy that even being held on almost every play, if not every play, was still getting home. He was still being a force, right? I mean, I saw him get chopped at the line, fall down, get back up, and still be a factor in the play. Now, of course, if he's not getting held and he's not getting chopped the way he was, I mean, he's probably going to get a couple more sacks than he did. But, again, at the end of the day, as much as that is all true, to Mr. Black's point about scoring points, scored 13 points in the first half, which, first of all, like Fabian always says, that that was too little. Those minus fours that they had in the first half, I kept saying, man, these field goals, I know that the Rams' offense isn't looking good, but a touchdown gets them right back in the game. And how many times they get down there in the red zone and have an opportunity to score a touchdown and end up having to settle for three and then on Carr's interception, got none. You just, in this NFL, the way that it's set up, you have to keep scoring points. You have to. If you don't, teams will catch up. Let's get one more call in. Uh, Roseville Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
3: Hey, what's going on, man? How how you doing? I, I got a question for you. All right. How... How long did it take for you to finally accept these losses? Because I've been doing this for 20 years, and it feels like it still hurts just as much as the last one. So I want to know how long it took for you to finally accept the losses and not let them affect you so much.
4: Um, when life happened to me. Life happened to me, and I realized that this is a game, and real life hurts way more than this.
3: You know what? I'll take that. Uh, that's, that's a good answer. So I'm going to take a trick at a year-old playbook and say, with all due respect, because you can say whatever <laughs> you want after that, right? Yep. So with all due respect, Josh McDaniels is a horrible, horrible head coach. His His play calling has been abysmal at times, very vanilla, especially this game. He looked so scared to throw the ball or be aggressive. It was everything after that first drive just seemed like, Oh, no. Why why are we not getting anybody else involved? I mean, we have misused Devontae Adams how many games. How yeah. many times is he going to have a game where he only gets three targets or no targets in a second half? You know, it's yeah. just watching this game unfold, I watched. I'm like, man, here we go. This first drive, we look great. This should be how the whole game goes. And then it seemed like everything after that just kind of was kind of boring and predictable. It was just like, man, when are we going to do something other than Force feed Josh Jacobs. I know he's a stud and he's a dog, but we got we to gotta learn how to mix up the entire play calling and realize, like, okay, like this is kind of getting a little vanilla. Let's mix it up a little bit and catch him off guard and take some shots. But, man, it was just so bad to watch. And I know McDaniels keeps, keeps hammering it down saying, oh, we need to learn how to win, we need to learn how to win. Well, I think last year this team learned how to win, and they figured out how to win at the end of close games. It seems to me more like Josh McDaniels needs to learn how to win. Um, that's that's just my two cents, you know. On to the next one. Uh, thanks for checking my call. Have a good day, guys.
4: Good stuff. And you know what? That's fair. That's fair. You know, I always say if you're going to call and, and criticize, be fair about it. And I think that's very fair, right? I, when he says that Josh McDaniels needs to learn how to win, I mean, he hasn't been a head coach very long, right? I mean, he's been a head coach th- this season. And the last time before that was, what, 10 years ago in Denver? And we all know how that shook out, so that's a very fair statement. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the solution is not only the players learn how to win, but also him learn how to win. I think that that's a very fair statement. That's a, that, that was a good one. Thank you, Roseville Raider. I appreciate the call. And, yeah, I mean, it's on to the next one, and you got about 10 days, right? And so there's going to obviously be a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouths thinking about this game and really thinking about multiple games throughout the course of the season. You know, we always can go back and be like, what if, what if, what if, but yeah, but you're not, you know, unfortunately, and it sucks. You know, I I, I expected a lot more, and I know Raider Nation expected a lot more heading into the season. Unfortunately, it didn't play out the way that any of us expected. Damon, let me ask you this. In the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, do you want me to take a quick break before I get to a couple sound bites, or, or should I just roll?
2: We can roll. All
4: right, roll on, roll on. Hey, Coach Josh McDaniels, he met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. It was probably like three or four of us at best. Honda was there, Adam Hill was there, and myself. And I think that was it. I think everyone else was uh, on their way back from L.A. still and hadn't quite made it back. So uh, here was the opening statement after Josh McDaniels went back and looked at the film of last night's loss.
8: As I said yesterday, um, you know, a lot of a lot of plays in a game that could have, um, you know, changed some of the things that, um, that happened. And uh, I think the big thing for us today is going to be Respecting how much each play can impact the result of a game. Uh, their plays in the first quarter, they could have changed. Drives, either side, second quarter, third quarter, and then obviously the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, a lot to learn from. Uh, it's a tough one. Uh, give them credit. They, they kept playing, kept fighting, um, you know, and that's that's been the nature of our season, you know, one way or the other. Either we win a close one or somebody else does. And, you um, you know, we gotta we gotta make more plays along the way uh, to avoid putting ourselves in a situation where you know we put it in a one or two play sequence to, to determine the outcome. And I think it's a hard lesson to learn, but uh, it's something that we're going to need to do better as we go forward.
4: You know, one of the things he said there is that they kept playing, they kept fighting. That stood out to me in a major way when I heard it earlier. They kept playing, they kept fighting, meaning it felt like maybe the Raiders didn't keep playing and keep fighting the way that that they should have. You know, again, it goes back to the did they think that it was going to be a walk in the park, an easy game. I mean, I remember saying every day leading up to that game, it's not going to be just a walk in the park. I mean, they can play defense. I know they have questions at quarterback, but it's still a game on technically their home field. It's not going to be as easy as everyone thinks. You know, and another thing that a lot of people talked about, even people who've called in the show today, is that the offense got too conservative. The play calling got too conservative, which falls back on head coach Josh McDaniels as the play caller. So here's his thoughts on Did he get a little bit too conservative?
8: When you look at the tape, there's opportunities to be made. And, you know, I don't know how many times Derek Derek scrambled, but it had to be four or five at least, I think. And um, on a number of those, we were attempting to get the ball down the field, had some opportunities on some of them to do that. Um, Again, passing the ball is a complimentary thing. I've said it all year, and I won't stop saying it because it's the truth. You know, it's, it's not just calling a pass play or calling a deep shot. It's everything has to, to work together. So the route has to be run properly. The read has to be made properly. The protection has to be done well. And then you have an opportunity to make a play. You know, just because somebody calls something, which there was a number of them called last night, doesn't mean that the ball is ultimately going to get fired down the field or we're going to have great, great success. When we've had success this year, it's been the result of everybody doing their job well. That's the reality. And so I don't, I don't, I didn't call the game any differently yesterday than I have any other game this year offensively. And I just felt like we, you know, we didn't have as much success taking advantage of a few opportunities that were presented to us Uh, for. For a number of reasons you know and and again they deserve credit they played hard they had some things inside to give us some some trouble in the middle of the pocket and forced eric to move a little bit more uh, than what we would have liked and um and so there were opportunities that we weren't really able to take advantage of as opposed to just we didn't we didn't attempt to uh i just don't think we we really didn't convert many of them is really what it was
4: head coach josh mcdaniel's on being conservative and he said look there are some there were some plays that we dialed up it just didn't happen it didn't come to fruition Derek had to roll out and scramble, um, you know, and just when there was opportunities, he he might not have taken it, you know. And, and there was a lot of run plays as opposed to passing. I mean, again, he only threw the ball 20 times, and the Raiders ran the ball what 38, 39 times, maybe 40. I mean, it was it was a big a big difference between the run. And the pass. And, Demon, let's, let's skip over the press man coverage real quick because I want to stick with the, the, the Raiders and their offense, and I want to go to uh, Derek Carr throwing that interception in the red zone. And the reason I want to do that is I got a tweet uh, from Crazy, Crazy Raider Rad 2 and he said, Q, problem is if we take the field goal, people are screaming we need touchdowns in the red zone. And with this team, even if they got up the three and went up by 16, the Raiders would still find a way to lose. Didn't they lose three 17-plus leads earlier this season? I see both sides. And I get that. But when Derek Carr throws that interception, you don't get even three points. You have to get something. It's less than ideal to get field goals as opposed to touchdowns. But it's less than ideal. It's awful to get nothing. You can't get nothing in that situation. You have to score something. Here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about that interception in the red zone.
8: Yeah, there, there was some there was some compression in the pocket. You know what I mean. So uh, we might have had may have had something else available a little a little bit earlier, or as it was kind of coming in its face. But um, again, like I said, passing the ball is a team thing. You know, it's not just call a pass play; it's going to magically work because it's a pass play. It's the design has to be well uh, well done. the The execution of the route has to be done properly. The read, uh, the protection has to be inside out. We have to anchor the middle so he has a chance to step up and throw. So um, we've had a lot of good throws this year, a lot of good pass plays, a lot of success doing some things. And when we've had that, it's not been just because of you know Devonte ran a great route. Well, there's a lot of those, but. Derek did something right. The other part of the pattern was, was executed well. The protection was done right. Um, and that's always what it is. It's a team thing. And so, um, you know, I thought we were doing a really good job of, of taking the last shot there at the end of the second quarter. We were manipulating the ball down the field and trying to end the, the half with a score and try to go up 20 to three if we could. And, um, you know, that play obviously didn't go our way. So um, it's something to learn from for us.
4: And on that play, what he's talking about we had something developing a little earlier, he could have thrown the ball to Devontae. Devontae was opening up. And, you know, like Amber Theo Harris said in the first hour, Devontae should be option one, two, and three in in, in, in that part of the field. (laughs) Right? I mean, I know how many touchdowns he has on the season, but he could have a lot more. You've got to target that dude because he is exactly that. He is that dude. And you feel okay if the ball is fired into Devontae and it just doesn't work and they have to settle for a field goal. Even going back to last week against the Chargers when they went for that, that touchdown pass and it bounced off of Devontae's hands at the back of the end zone, a really good play by the defensive back. I felt okay by that because you're going to your moneymaker. You want your playmakers to make plays when you have to have it. Just like Max Crosby had that sack on that last drive and Jerry Tillery wiped it away with that, with that penalty, you want playmakers to make plays when they have to. That's part of finishing games. Something that the Raiders have not been able to do, and they've had about four tough losses this season. They just haven't been able to find a way to finish games. Earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels talked about finishing games.
8: I don't know if it's a killer instinct as much as it's just continuing to do your job. I mean, like I said, Max Sachs, the quarterback, and then we just talked about a penalty that, you know, we, don't, we haven't done much of that all year, and all of a sudden we have a penalty that puts us in a situation where we give them yards and give them a first down, and, and then, you know, we, we jump off sides on a punt rush, and it's the same thing. It's things like that. I don't think it's killer instinct. I think it's just the reality is, is you got to do your job right for 60 minutes, you know, and if you don't, then teams in this league take advantage of mistakes that you make. And so, um, you know, I've said it before, and I know people get tired of hearing it, but, you know, you can't win until you stop from losing. And and those kinds of things can affect the outcome of the game. They might not determine it right then and there, but they have some kind of an impact as the game goes along. And I think our team is starting to really understand that. I think that's what they feel, you know, and they feel bad about when they make a mistake like that. It's It, it sucks, you know, and so... Um, any disappointment like that is, should be kept you know, where, where it needs to be kept, which is, look, we, gotta, we, can, we can do something better about it as we go forward and, and try to make a difference as we do.
4: So there you go. There's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about finishing games, and you know, he said, uh, he said that same line that we've been talking about and, and, and hearing since training camp, right? Uh, figure out how not to lose games before you can figure out how to win games. That was great in training camp. That was fantastic in training camp because that's when you're, you're laying the bricks, right? You're laying the foundation in training camp preseason. That's fantastic. But when you're in week 14, you already should know how not to lose games anymore. And not losing games is not jumping off sides on a punt. It's not knocking the ball out of the quarterback's hands with, you know, two minutes to go or less than two minutes to go, whatever the case may be on the last drive of the game. Not losing games is not calling press man coverage when you're supposed to be protecting the end zone and the boundaries. Right, I mean, just knowing the situation, so it doesn't—it's not exclusive to just the players. It's—it's it's the team in general. Going back to the call that we had earlier, the—the—the the, the coaching staff as well has to learn how not to lose games. Lady Raider five five nine tweeted at us and said, "How many times did they try to pass it though? I seen Jacobs almost throw that flea flicker to Carr, but he chose to run it because the O line wasn't holding up. Carr scrambling don't give him enough time to look downfield. Carr did a play action and dropped back like he was gonna sling it." Out, but he checked it to Jacobs. Play calling was terrible. How many times did they reverse to Mac Hollins? So vanilla. And, you know, the, it's funny, and thank you, Lady Radio 559, I do appreciate that. The plays to Mac Hollins, the, the reverses, I was okay with because they were getting tons of yards. I was totally okay with it. But, but that doesn't mean that that's the only thing you do, right? I was fine with that play call. I was fine with the fact that they were getting chunk yards and that was effective. But at the same time, you know, that's, that's, that in theory should loosen up your ability to be able to, th- to throw the ball and get a couple yards. So that's where, you know, we always talk about having a balanced offense, you know, throwing the rock and running. And to Ted's point, right, the Rams don't have a very good pass defense, and the Raiders ran the ball a bazillion times against a, a top-five-ranked rush defense. So there's a lot of questions and a lot of uh, it just wasn't complimentary football as far as I'm concerned. You know, even something that they have been excelling at, for weeks was the or not weeks? Uh, that's that's stretching. Last week they excelled at kicking off and holding the ball on the tee. Even that didn't work very well on Thursday, right? How many times did the Rams have a nice kick return? You're like, whoa! And I kept thinking after one or two times that it didn't work. I'm thinking, all right, that's enough of that. All right, they figured it out. They're returning the ball to the forty, <laughs> right? Stop doing that, and they kept doing it. So it's just it felt like to me there was no compliment to when the defense was playing well, the offense wasn't clicking. When the offense went down on their one drive and scored a touchdown, then that was it. Then it was almost like, all right, this game's over. This is an easy one. We got this one in the bag. That's a dub. And they just, just kind of stopped, stopped, uh, stopped playing hard and just tried not to, to lose the game. Basically just tried to take the air out of the game. Just run, run the clock out. And you can't do that. You've got to score more. Touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. And then you've got to get points ultimately. You can't turn the ball over in the red zone. You just ultimately can't do that. 3.58 the time. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings. When we come back, Ted Wynn from the Athletic. He'll join us. We'll talk about that run-to-pass ratio. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about the offense. Play calling. We'll do all that as we do a little film study with Ted Wynn next on Radio Nation Radio 920.
7: At Chevy, the holidays mean doing things you love to do with friends and family. To make new memories on the trails in a Silverado 1500. Share new moments with old friends in the Chevy Blazer and to take the family new places in the Chevy Equinox. (laughs) Chevy makes it easier to make the most of your time with the people who matter most. Head into your local Chevy dealer first to find your red tag and find your deal. Where you go from there is up to you. See your Southern Nevada Chevy dealers.
4: The Oyo Hotel and Casino is quickly becoming a new favorite spot for locals. Their motto is living the good life. Oyo Hotel and Casino is the home of 24-7 $2 beers and is also home